Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. I really appreciated that you, like, gestured to yourself. Yeah, I just gave myself, like, a big Peter Pan thumb there. I'm... This guy, he's Justin McElroy. It's Max Fun Drive week. That's why we're feeling so silly. We're feeling so giddy, because people are helping us to fund our podcast network. If you don't know, I'm going to give you the 30-second version. We're okay, on, the thirty-second version comes early. You're we'll give you more you're details. Wasting later. my time now. Sorry, twenty-three seconds. Ready, set, go. Okay, the thirty-second version is this: uh, we are on a podcast network called Maximum Fun, and uh, there's a lot. That's of, what you're going to have. There's okay, twenty-seven seconds. You're just killing me right here. You actually start. went up. Um, we, we're on a network with a lot of podcasts, and once a year we come to you, hat in hand, and say, "Hey, if you want to help us fund these shows, um, it would really mean the world to us." And this is the time for you to do that. So what we're asking is, uh, that was 30 seconds. You head over to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate or MaximumFun.org and click the donate button. Either one works. And then you pledge an amount that you can give us um, to help fund all the great shows on the network. $5 a month is the is the minimum. And if you could do that, it would be amazing. But more would be amazing too. We've got a lot of great um, gifts to thank you, but um, I, we want to go ahead and get that out of the way right now, up front. And this goes for you lovely people who are already donating to our network as well. If this, if you want to upgrade, if you've been thinking about it, if you're in a position to do so, this is a great time to do it. A lot of great, those gifts are for you too. A lot of great prizes. Um, and because this is Max Fun Drive Week, we wanted to do a topic that a lot of people have, have asked us to do, and we haven't gotten around to yet. So, and, and then then we're doing it now. Now, let's go. That's right. We want to talk about James Berry, Dr. James Berry. Now, I briefly mentioned Dr. James Berry before. Do you remember the episode, Justin Go? Well, Sid, it was the one where... Right, I knew you Justin, edit in. Hold on, make a click noise. That's me reminding myself right there to edit in me giving a great answer to that question that's right justin c-sections i'm so glad you remembered that that was the episode that we talked about but very briefly very briefly and and that's a crime because there's a lot more to say there's a lot more uh to this story and a lot of our listeners have been asking to hear that thank you andrew and oliver and megan and sarah and aaron and jc for recommending this topic as well as uh whatever facebook video has been showing up endlessly on my feed recently Mm-hmm. about james barry i don't know just to like remind like sydney you've been sydney, meaning to do this it's in everybody's forget. mind now you should do it uh so 
Margaret Ann Balkley. Okay. Was born in Cork. That's in Ireland. We went there for our honeymoon, Sid. You remember? We did go there for our honeymoon. It was amazing. It's lovely. It was a lovely, lovely, lovely time. Lovely country over there. Lovely place. Uh, so Margaret was born in Cork around 1789, although there's, it, it was around 1789, probably in that time. This was the time when your birth year was just like about that. We you didn't know. even know what day of the week it was most of the time. <laughs> the birth is about, about 1789. Uh, Margaret's parents were Marianne and Jeremiah, and Marianne, Margaret's mom, was the sister of James Barry, who was an Irish artist and a professor at London's Royal Academy and of some renown. So, so a famous artist was her uncle. Jeremiah was a merchant, uh, but his career and his position suffered a lot, in part due to anti-Catholic discrimination. Mm-hmm. And then in part, just, I, I think he was maybe a bit of a shady character is what I've gleaned from a lot of the things that I've read. Okay, so, um, so uh, kind of a rabble rouser? Yeah. Okay. I, and um, I, I, I don't know what all he did, but one way or another, he ended up in jail mm-hmm. and then kind of vanishes from the story. I know that you're hypersensitive to it as a Catholic, but you know, if someone does crimes and shady things and then goes to jail, that's not really what anti-Catholic discrimination means, right? I think that... I think that in part, uh, there we go. he had difficulties Fair due enough. to anti-Catholic discrimination. Okay, fine. But also... I think as other... a Protestant, Justin, <laughs> you should stay out of this conversation. All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, either way, he ended up out of the picture in jail and then kind of leaving the family behind, which, which left Marianne, his wife, and their two children, John and Margaret, more or less fend for themselves they really Mm -hmm. didn't have means to support themselves john actually like is older ends up like having a family and a job on his own but he really does isn't in a position to support margaret and his mom and on top of this there's a third child juliana who was born at some point in this it seems a touch irresponsible given what you've told me so far well Justin, I would withhold all judgments on that issue. Okay. Until Deal. until we get into the story a little bit more. Deal. Because uh, there is definitely more to Juliana. Okay. So from this dilemma came a scheme. As often does. Uh, Margaret was initially in school to be a governess. She was she was clever. She was bright. Uh, she was working hard. Her her uh, mother Marianne had her in school, um, but. Being a governess did not necessarily come with a lot of money, and it was also felt that Margaret was displaying talents and intellect that would leave her capable of many other careers, Um, in particular careers that maybe weren't open to Margaret because she was a woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, So at this point in history, this was kind of the best thing to do with her clever mind, whereas maybe there were other options if, you know, if her brother had wanted to do them. So some of her uncle, James Barry's liberal friends, uh, because at this point, actually, during this period of her life, her uncle actually passes away. Okay. But they're still very close. These friends that of his that were kind of this like, uh, I always imagine that like they're this cool group of like they hang out in cafes and they smoke cigarettes, which is bad and you shouldn't smoke because smoking hurts you, but like in a cool way. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they're hurting themselves in a cool everybody's, way. Everybody's very cool. Like I keep picturing like, I don't know. Like the Breakfast Club? No, not like the Breakfast Club. Like everybody from Moulin Rouge. Lay Breakfast Club. <laughs> I, I pictured they were very cool and they were very liberal and they think, you know what? We should, we should 
get this this clever Margaret into medical school. Okay. Because uh, Mar- I don't know that Margaret really desired to be a doctor uh, as much as Margaret actually wrote there. We have letters that say, if I wasn't a girl, I would be a soldier. So there was definitely this desire to be a soldier. I don't know if a doctor in the army was her goal, but one way or another, they hatched a plan to try to get into medical school by pretending she was a man. Okay. So the plan was that she would go to medical school in, in Edinburgh. And then after she had attained her medical degree, initially they thought that she would go to Venezuela with General Francisco de Miranda, who was a friend of her uncle's and part of this group, uh, after her training. And, and women were actually allowed to practice medicine in Venezuela at the time. So that right. was the kind of the original thought process. That's where Pretend to be a happening. man long enough to get her training and then... And then go to right. Venezuela, live as Margaret, the doctor. Mm-hmm. That was the original plan. Um, however, this plan would eventually fail because General Miranda was in jail by the time she finished her studies and died soon thereafter. Oh, so that kinda that's rough. Ended that part of the plan. So she was tutored and prepped, and on November 30th, 1809, Margaret and her mother went to set sail for Edinburgh. However, the two who boarded the ship were Mary Ann, the mother, her mother, and James Barry. At, this is the point in the story where Margaret assumes the dress and the name and the presentation of James Barry. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that this is a good moment to take kind of a side note. Right. Um, we've talked about this a little bit because we want to figure out how to sort of handle it. This part, part of what still remains kind of a mystery to this day about Dr. James Barry is did Margaret Bulkley... Uh, was Margaret Balkley a, a transgender man who presented as James Barry because that was the gender with which Dr. Barry identified uh, as a man? Or was Margaret Balkley, uh, would she identify as a woman who presented as James Barry simply because of the opportunities that that afforded Margaret at that point in history because mm-hmm. because a, a woman would not have been allowed to go to medical school. So was this an elaborate scheme or mm-hmm. was this Margaret presenting herself as the gender that he truly identified as? I don't know. I don't know the answer. And I, there are many biographies about James Barry and you can read and research and theorize. We have letters that we can peruse of, of Dr. Barry's to try to find an answer to this. And, and, uh, accounts from the time period from various people who who were in the doctor's life but nobody really knows for sure and dr barry isn't here for me to ask the question which is what i would do if i weren't sure of this answer i would ask the question if you're someone who would love to count uh james barry as so- sort of a, a pioneer in the as someone who was like a, a very early transgender person involved in medicine, I can completely understand the impulse. Would have that, been the first if that is the case. Would have been the, the yeah. first. And that may very well be the case, but it may very well not be the case. And we don't want to be in the position of misidentifying anybody. Okay. And that's the case. That's the, that's the fact. Either way you cut it, James Barry was a revolutionary. Because whether this was in fact, this is in fact the story of the first transgender man to complete medical training and practice medicine, Dr. Barry was the first. Or the story of the first woman to complete medical training in, you know, the UK and practice medicine, 
then Dr. Barry was the first. Mm -hmm. So either way, Dr. Barry is a revolutionary and amazing character, certainly worthy of many books and much discussion and much, much higher minded discussion than I would dare to say I am capable of on Sawbones. Right. And, and More than the, worthy of a Sawbones sorry. episode is and, what I'm saying. And because this is such a sensitive issue, there's a temptation to say, well, we just won't, we just won't fool with that one because we don't want to do wrong by anybody. But Sidney Felton, and uh, I, I think that it, it, it's an important story. And it's one that, that we shouldn't ignore just because um, it's, it's complex. So that is our, so here's how we're going to handle the question of identifying uh james barry's gender at this point uh it in the story dr james barry presented as a as a man and by all accounts was taken as a man by everyone who met him and interacted with him and never at least openly contradicted that statement okay. so the best that i can the, for, from what i have read and what i understand and what i I think is is the right thing to do. I am referring to Dr. James Berry at this point as as a man because that is the way that the doctor presented. For the, I, I would, for the remainder, I'm kind of a little spoiler for the remainder of his life. By the way, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, do you okay. want to know what happens next? Yes. Arriving at the university, Dr. Berry. Well, James is not Dr. Berry yet. He's got to finish. Got to actually go to the university yes. first. He was accepted into the medical class and he began taking courses in 1809 now obviously james looked smaller and had a higher voice than a lot of his other classmates uh and no hair on his chin and so this actually led not to questions uh of gender but to questions of age uh oh, okay. which james actually he he would tell people well i'm he, that's where the some of the confusion about what year was james barry born comes from is that he lied about his age to account for the fact that he looked, I mean, um, you would have expected. So how old would he have been? Let me run the math. 18, uh, I mean, he would have been 20, right? Yeah, but he looked like, uh, many people assumed he was a prepubescent boy. Why he was he actually lie about his age, though, if he was 20? So he told people that he was like 15 or 16. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Then. All right, he lied about. Okay, yeah. So, so because because they would have expected if he were a twenty-year-old man that he would be taller and his voice would be deeper. Okay. It sounded like his voice hadn't changed. It sounded like so I mean, he, he didn't have like, any hair on his chin. He just like decided to pretend he was Doogie Howser. Exactly. That, yeah. So he, okay, he just he just pretended he was younger. But he did. But that actually caused problems because they thought he was lying and that he was even younger than that. They thought maybe he was twelve. Okay, and they didn't want to let a twelve-year-old finish medical school, <laughs> so there was a lot of a lot of arguing, and it took uh, more influential friends to help get him to actually sit for his finals, which the, of course he passed. There's an easy test; just ask him who PewDiePie is. If he's able to answer instantly, then um, th then he's twelve or under. <laughs> uh, but he did; he did pass his tests, and he earned an MD in 1812. Uh, he continued. His training in London at St. Thomas's Hospital, he passed the exam for the Royal College of Surgeons in 1813, and he joined the British Army as a hospital assistant soon thereafter. Um, from there, because he has joined the military at this point, he's kind of his course kind of follows wherever he was assigned next. So first he was assigned to Chelsea and then Plymouth, and then soon thereafter to Cape Town, South Africa. And that's where we start to get some of the um, kind of unique and exciting things that Dr. Barry did in his career. So, uh, first of all, he had a pretty important job. He was medical inspector for the colony 
and he was also in 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 Cape Town, and he was also assigned to work personally for uh, the governor, Lord Jar- Lord Charles Henry Somerset. Uh, he even was credited with saving Lord Somerset's daughter's life. Wow. Yeah. So he spent 10 years working there. And while he was there, he actually, he did some things that at this point in history would have been pretty revolutionary for a doctor to do, such as improve sanitation. <laughs> he believed in things like clean water uh, being an important factor in general health and well-being uh, he was not afraid to challenge incorrect medical views held among the community especially um things like patent medicines uh people who were selling fake tonics that had you know opium or um whatever alcohol in them things that that were dangerous that we know were were everywhere and rampant at this point in history right, right. he was yeah, not he was with them. yeah he was not afraid to speak out against them which which was very strange at this time in history uh he advised things like a healthy diet and exercise which again, I know. Wow, this, it's crazy that that was like progressive. <laughs> this was progressive. Uh, I mean, he was, and he himself believed in a healthy diet. He actually was a vegetarian his oh, whole cool. life, uh, and uh, he was he was known to be very loud and outspoken about all these views. And this is one of the things you see repeated uh, in accounts of Doctor Barry is that he was not afraid to challenge people and to get in very heated arguments and to speak up when he thought people were doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he was known to be kind of loudmouth and kind of brash. I love that. I love yeah. the cockiness of like somebody who is hiding something, but also is not going to shut their mouth. About no, anything. if they're, they're gonna, right, they're going to say it. Yeah, right. It's not going to play it close to the vest. <laughs> so uh, he, pr- now this is the reason that we, we've spoken about him on the show before he performed the first successful C-section in Africa by a British physician on a kitchen table. That's where he performed this procedure, on a kitchen table, and successful meaning both mom and, and the son arrived, uh, survived. Wow! And a little cool side note: the the child that he delivered uh, was named after him, by oh, the way. Wow! And later became prime minister of South Africa from 1924 to 1939. <laughs> okay. Wow! Just really? BT Dub. Yeah. Machi Machi. Yeah. Uh, he was. Now, one thing that did plague his time in Cape Town is that he was rumored to have had a very close relationship with Lord Somerset. And this is where uh, we start to leave the realm of stated historical fact into uh, supposition and and trying to draw conclusions based on, mm-hmm. you know, letters and hearsay and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, the pair were very close. He was he was Lord Somerset's personal physician, as I mentioned. He even had, I, I think he stayed there frequently as well. Uh, and the the two were actually accused uh, of having a sexual relationship. There was like a a note posted somewhere on a bridge by someone like anonymously, like I saw these two having sex, and which at the time would have been. Sydney, I we cannot start entering bridge graffiti into evidence for sawbones. Okay, I know we're not professional researchers, but come on, someone wrote on a bridge that it, this was the case. So well, perhaps. Well, it led to charges of libel. I mean, it was a big deal because okay. because at the time, the two being accused of having a sexual relationship would have been a big deal. Okay. Uh, you know, a lord and I forgot and an that officer there was a time in the British in army when, army when everybody just didn't say whatever came to. Them. 
<laughs> in any given moment um they were they were acquitted of this people didn't buy it they didn't think that they were actually having a, a sexual relationship I, I have no idea if they did or not they were very close do you we're in an era of medicine where specialization is big do you miss do you, you pine for for living in this era where doctors kind of like were much more general purpose adventurers apparently you know i think i did when i was like probably a medical student when I was younger, I, I thought that the idea of, um, I would call those, those kinds of physicians like cow people, cowboys, cowgirls, cow women, whatever you want to call them. Nowadays, people who are able to go work in like rural settings and do a lot, a lot more. Whereas now, you know, I work in a big academic center where there are a lot of specialists. Um, so I'm, I don't know, I'm a little more sheltered and the mm -hmm. idea of taking on all that stuff would make me anxious, I yeah. think. I um, when I was younger, I, I would have thought, I would have answered you, absolutely, I wish I could do that. But now I'm kind of glad that I have people who really know what they're doing all the time. All right, I didn't mean to derail you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, in addition, he got into an argument while he was in Cape Town that ended in a duel wow. with a fellow soldier. This is an exciting life. It was a very exciting. He, he got in the duel, the, uh, the other officer, the other soldier shot him in the thigh. Uh, but he hit the other guy in the head, except for it was kind of in like the top, like in his cap. Mm. So it didn't actually strike his his head. It hit him in the cap. And the so William Tell action. Yeah. So both of them were fine. I mean, well, he got shot in the thigh. He by not the way, not fine. That's a pretty loose interpretation of fine. <laughs> well, he cared for it himself. Oh, he ah, took care of it by himself. James. I do now that I'm all about. Yeah, I think that, that's awesome. That you're into. So he took care of it by himself, and the other guy survived, and that was kind of the end of that. Um, in general, as I've kind of mentioned, he was often remembered as macho, brash, arrogant, tactless, uh, despite the fact that people would always say, but he is a really good doctor. And his patients tended to like him for the most part. There was the odd account of him yelling at patients, but for the most part, he was known to have a good bedside manner and to be excellent at his, at his craft. Um, also, he was kind of eccentric. He slept every night with a black poodle that he owned named Psyche. So, okay, sure. <laughs> and everywhere he traveled, I told you he was a healthy guy. He took a goat with him for milk because he thought goat milk was the healthiest. So he had his own goat that he took everywhere so he could drink goat milk. <laughs> uh, I oh sorry. Also, as a side note, he did have a manservant, a personal servant that spent fifty years of his life with him. And I have no, I do not know if they if this man was ever aware of the history of James Berry, of his history. Hmm. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. They spent 50 years together. Um, I got to know more. What, what happened next? Well, I'm going to tell you, Justin. This is normally where we go to the billing department, but not this time, No, Sid. this isn't billing department. No, this is Max Fun Drive every year. The we, fun department. The fun department. No, um, let's party. No, no. Um, party department. Depart the party department. Party it sounds like where you get like like cheap Wonder Woman costumes and Kolsch oh. at value prices. A lot of streamers. Welcome to the party department. My name is Philip. Let me show you two. They're actually not allowed to call streamers. it a Wonder Woman costume. <laughs> this is Action Lady. We have our latex Action Lady costumes. Now, maximum fun drive. Okay. So we're on this network, Maximum Fun. Uh, we've got a ton of great shows like this one, which you already enjoy, but there's a lot of others. Uh, uh, stop podcasting yourself. Jordan, Jesse Go, Judge John Hodgman, Still Buffering, Tights and Fights, Lady to Lady, 
My brother, my brother, brother me. me. There's a ton of and and um that the shows are funded. The people who make those shows are paid, and their equipment purchased and bandwidth and marketing and everything, all that stuff uh, is paid by v- listeners like you. And the way that works is every year we come to you, the listeners, and say, hey, can you um pledge a certain amount of money uh to the network to help it grow? Um, that could range from five dollars all the way up to two hundred dollars a month. Um, whatever you can do, it, it, it absolutely means, um, the, the world to us. Um, even if it's just $5 a month, that really still does help a lot. Uh, and we have gifts at each level. So for $5 a month, uh, you're going to get exclusive bonus content. And that is a lot of exclusive bonus content. Yeah. That's all the bonus content from every show on the network for as long as. We've been making bonus content. There's uh like something like five new episodes of Sawbones on there you've never heard. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of episodes of My Brother, My Brother, and Me. There's bonus episodes of Still Buffering. Um, there's there's a ton of really cool stuff. At ten dollars, you get all that exclusive bonus content plus a pin. Um, the the for each show, there's a special pin that you can order. Um, that that you get as a gift at just ten dollars a month. And then uh, if you can do $20 a month with just a, just a huge help, you get the Keep in Touch kit where there's rocket-shaped note cards and a rocket pin and a rocket stamp and rocket candle, all kind of Max Fun themed. Um, and plus you get the pin and you get all the bonus content. Um, and the, the cool thing about Max Fun, one of the cool things about the Max Fun drive is when you pledge or when you upgrade your pledge, make sure you don't miss this because you, you want to do it. Um, you say what shows you listen to um, and your money is split between the shows that you say that you listen to. You're directly supporting those shows. Um, so when you upgrade, there's a little checkbox that says, I want to update my listening habits. And you can say, if you start listening to new shows uh, and, and you can update that and your money goes straight to those shows. There's a, a, a portion for max fun and the rest goes directly to those shows. So uh, you really are helping to make cool stuff in the world. Absolutely. And there are gifts, uh, Justin, you mentioned, I think up to the $20 also at $35 a month. If you can pledge that you can get the uh, max fun beer mugs, cool. which are rocking and great, which are super cool. And they're also levels at $100 and $200 a month. Yeah. If you can do it. Now, if, uh, if you're interested, if you can help us out, don't wait, don't hesitate. Don't play or hate. <laughs> I just want another rhyme. Go to maximumfund.org forward slash donate. And there's my rhyme is right there. Donate. Uh, yeah. Or donate. go to Maximum Fun and click on donate. Yes. Either one. That works. would also rhyme. Either way, donate rhymes. Donate still rhymes no matter where you put it. And <laughs> sweetie. Uh, so please go do this. We need you. And we need you to, to like now more than ever. If you if if our show means something to you, if the other shows in the network mean something to you. Um, please help to keep them going and it's, it's easy to do and it means the world. And yeah, we really appreciate it. If you're already a member, thank you. Thank you so much for being one. Um, like I said, if you're interested in upgrading, this is a great time to do it. And it's super easy. If you, if you are joining for the first time, uh, once you, uh, go to maximumfund.org, click on donate, you give them your credit card information. Like Justin said, the shows you listen to, and then your donation processes automatically each month. So unless you cancel it, there's nothing else. You need to work. You got to do. So that's super easy. So do it now while it's on your mind, while yeah. you're thinking about it. Maximumfund.org forward slash donate. Okay. Sidster. I so, want to hear more. I'm desperate for more James Berry information. Like I said, Dr. Berry moved around 
uh, a lot because of his career in the military. Um, and all the while, he was Im- improving conditions uh, among, among main, largely troops. I mean, he was in the military. Sure. Everywhere he went, especially sanitary conditions and, and health-related health matters. Uh, and also getting into trouble in St. Helena in 1836. He was arrested and court-martialed on charges of conduct unbecoming of the character of an officer and a gentleman. Mm. But he was found not guilty. <laughs> so no big deal. Uh, in 1840, he worked to improve conditions for British troops in the West Indies while almost dying of yellow fever. Unbelievable. But yellow fever could not stop James Berry because in 1846, he was in Malta fighting cholera and also getting into kind of a, a, big, a big tiff with local clergy because he sat in one of the clergyman's seats in church <laughs> and didn't move. It was, I mean, it was really something like that. Like the, that's amazing. He just, he was new. He sat in the wrong seat and then wouldn't move. That's amazing. Go. I mean, I keep waiting to make a joke, but I can't because James Berry just rules. Um, and he just does a bunch of cool stuff. Like there's, not, and he didn't really mess up medicine at all. It's kind of out of character for us. This is, this is, I, I thought about that. The fact that typically on our show, we talk about all the times we got it wrong and I felt like this was, especially we kind of try to do something a little unique during Max Fun Drive. This was an opportunity to celebrate a kind of a biographical episode about a unique character in medicine uh, with a kind of a cool um, house-like personality. I like mm-hmm. to think about him like that, like a little bit of house-like yeah. personality, but uh, really clever and obviously... By the way, if House had had James Berry's backstory, that show would have been uh, infinitely more interesting. <laughs> All that stuff, and also there's also, this one other thing. Yeah. Uh, now here's a weird interaction. He met Florence Nightingale in Crimea in the 1850s, and the two got in an argument. Oh man, fighting with Florence Nightingale—that's rough. There's actually, I think there's a play out there somewhere that somebody wrote imagining this, really, like just this interaction, like the day that they were like crossing the square. Well, actually, I have a quote from directly from Florence Nightingale, the Lady of the Lamp herself about the interaction and what she said was i never had such a blackguard rating in all my life i who have had more than any woman then from this berry sitting on his horse while i was crossing the hospital square with only my cap on in the sun he kept me standing in the midst of quite a crowd of soldiers commissariat servants camp followers etc etc every one of whom behaved like a gentleman during the scolding i received while he behaved like a brute and after he was dead I was told that Barry was a woman. I should say that Barry was the most hardened creature I ever met. <laughs> so Flo was not a fan. Uh, I, no, I, I, I think I hear a twinkle in there. I detect a twinkle of, uh, of uh, res- maybe not respect, fondness. It really had to do with, as far as I could tell, because I kept trying to find more details about this argument, and it really had to do with her not wearing enough like protection out in the sun. That was she's that only was, wearing her cap out in the sun. Florence Nightingale, it's your problem. I don't know. Maybe he was just worried about like sun exposure. Yeah, it's it would a, have been way a ahead of his time. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's a big problem. But uh, on the bright side, while he was there, Barry also had the highest recovery rate of wounded soldiers in the whole war. Unstoppable. Due to uh, unstoppable, probably in part to a lot of these like sanitation measures that he implemented and the way that he devised of um, helping wounds heal and caring for for wounds as as they were healing. In 1857, he ended up in Canada as inspector general of, I mean, basically all the hospitals. Wow. It's like a 
big important position and he worked to improve situations among all the troops and their families as well and he also did a lot for people who weren't necessarily in the military among like uh, the local prison population Mm -hmm. uh he he worked to help improve their again their conditions food and and um you know clean water and things like that and cleanliness in general and also with a lot of people who had leprosy and you know this was a time where you would have had uh, like leper colonies like areas where they were designated for people who had leprosy to live and he did a lot to improve their conditions as well so worked really hard had a lot of uh, power and did a lot of good with it um and i think he would have kept going but he had some health issues i think a couple bouts of bronchitis and just in general was not in the best of health and so in 1864 he he just couldn't keep going he was forced to retire mm-hmm. and i don't know it forced- would have been 75 Oh, that sound about right? That sounds about right. Yeah. So he was he was forced to retire just due to health conditions. Um, and unfortunately, a year later, he died of dysentery in 1865. This now, like I said, up to the day he died, there there was never any question. I mean, well, after he died, some people said they had questions, but up until this point, we don't have documented evidence that people knew anything other than the the what Dr. James Berry told everyone. Uh, But um, Dr. Berry specifically requested that he be buried in the clothes in which he died and that there not be any sort of like autopsy or anything after he died. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably to continue to to conceal this part of his history. Um, However, Sophia Bishop, uh, who was a a maid, a charwoman, a woman who just felt like that was wrong you know you don't he was sick he was probably not in the best his body wasn't in the best condition and they just felt like out of respect for this renowned officer and doctor you shouldn't let him be buried in these clothes in which he died and so she did what was the standard at the time and prepared his body for burial removing his clothing in order to dress him probably in his in his uh, Mm -hmm. uniform to be buried however when she laid out his body for burial, she discovered, in addition to the fact that, by the way, his hair was dyed red. I noticed that that little side note here. He used to dye his hair red. That's odd. I really okay. like that side sure, note that he was a 75-year-old man who was dyeing his hair. <laughs> um, uh, that he uh, had a vagina and breasts, as well as what the charwoman was certain were stretch marks on Dr. Barry's abdomen that would have been indicative of a history of childbirth. What? Do you remember the sister, Juliana, that appeared suddenly in the middle of all of the financial <sighs> troubles? Are you sure? Historically, it is, it is, it is believed, this is, not, this is not just conjecture, it is pretty, I mean, the, it is almost certainly thought that Juliana was actually wow. the daughter of Dr. Barry. Um, yeah, but the, uh, from when, from when, uh, Margaret Bulkley would have been very young. Mm. So, uh, and, and, and they asked, uh, she, she went to the doctor, the doctor who had been taking care of, of Dr. Barry right before he died, his friend and doctor who had taken care of him many times when he had been ill, um, who never, according to him, suspected anything else. And, uh, and she kind of attempted to blackmail him and Ugh. said, look what I just found. Look what I just figured out. Uh, she she was also the one who brought the stretch marks to the attention and said, and and, that's, and he actually challenged her on that and said, how in the world could you know from that that this 
you know, that this person ever gave birth. And she basically said, I've had nine kids. I think I know. <laughs> it was kind of her argument. Uh, but she tried to blackmail him. And, do- and the doctor basically said, listen, his family has long since passed away. Nobody's going to believe you. You go say whatever you need to say, but nobody's going to listen to you. I don't care. She I'm not. Like a, I, she sounds like a creep to me. That's yeah. where I'm at. That's why I think about Sophia Bishop. I think she was a great A creep. The doctor was pretty cool about it because after this, of course, some word began to spread. And uh, one of the military officials, one of the officers in the military actually wrote this doctor a letter and said, hey, I heard a rumor. Mm-hmm. And could this possibly be true? And he wrote back and he was honest. The doctor wrote back and said, this is exactly what was said to me. This, this woman, Sophia Bishop, the charwoman, came to me. She said this. I observed these things. And he kind of at this point throws on this caveat that like, because that, what, what the charwoman said to him was, oh, well, you're a pretty doctor. So how many times so- did you examine this patient's chest and you've never noticed this, basically? Okay, <laughs> that one might be fair. <laughs> because, he, it, because it was documented that Dr. Barry had multiple bouts of bronchitis and pneumonia, think, things that you would have thought he would have... Can I say, that? Can I say though, if, I mean, Dr. Patient confidentiality, like, I, I know that wasn't a well-established idea at this time, but I could certainly see... Actually, it was. A, yeah, well, yeah, you I mean, weren't like, on the episode where I explained to my dad that it was. Oh, <laughs> that, that's true. I'm an idiot about Dr. Patient confidentiality. <laughs> That's an old idea. But, like, I, that's completely plausible to me. Like, I, I could completely see, especially two doctors, like, mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. we could take a seat <laughs> before or maybe we get not, started. Or maybe not even mentioned, like, known, but not even said. Just just a quiet knowledge. And the doctor, actually, in the letter back to the to the military official, says, I thought, personally, that Dr. Barry was likely intersex. Mm. So... He was not, he, he doesn't say, he says basically like, I didn't know what kind of genitalia Dr. Barry had, but I assumed from other aspects of his, um, like his stature and mm-hmm. other physical characteristics that he was, he was probably intersex. And, but, uh, but basically he says, but it doesn't matter because either way, my job was to identify this as the body of the inspector general of the hospitals, <laughs> you know, basically of this super important, very impressive talented and and intelligent military officer and that is exactly who this person is mm-hmm. so it kind of puts it to rest and says it doesn't matter uh which i think is a little is kind of cool for the time yeah, saying for sure. like let's just remember how amazing this person was and not get lost in you know yeah what we perceive as this as this whatever you know anyway there were people who spoke up at that point because again word spread rumors do People who spoke up and said they knew it all along. Oh, sure you did. Um, that said Stuff that it. they always suspected it. They always oh, okay. thought something, right? Yeah, um, right. But, but whether or not anyone did, there were people who said, I would have said something, but I don't know if you knew Dr. Barry, but he had quite a temper. And there was once a fellow officer who suggested that Dr. Barry may have looked like a woman, and James struck him with a horse whip. All right. So... <laughs> Okay. That would discourage a lot of people from, from sure. questioning that. Um, and then others said, there's no way, there's no way. He was very flirtatious. He was known as a, as a ladies' man. That, that he, was, he, he liked women a lot. And he, was always, he was always flirting with them and talking with them. And when, women loved him. And um, either way, everybody did agree he was a very good dancer. I don't know what that's evidence for. 
either way. Uh, they did discover, again, as they were kind of, at this point, trying to look for other clues, they did discover that there was inside the lid of his trunk, there was mm -hmm. a collage that he created of women's fashions. So, I don't know, some historians have looked at that as, like, a sign that maybe, maybe Dr. Barry wished that he could present as a woman still, but couldn't, I don't know. Don't or, or, know. or maybe just wished he could wear a dress. That doesn't even necessarily mean, it maybe just like the dresses, who knows. But like that's been noted as like, what does this mean? Who knows? What is it? I mean, you know, you look for clues after somebody's gone. We all do things. And I would, I would hate for anybody to read too much into some of the, some of the Yeah, I got some things. I do. In my closet. <laughs> and like maybe my internet search history or yeah. anything. This guy has a Totino sweatsuit and a wizard's <laughs> hat. Like, I don't know what to make of this cat. Why does she have an amethyst wig in her <laughs> in her closet? Uh, in addition, um, just some other just some other notes that were like brought to light afterwards. It, he always did wear stacked heels with three inch insoles to try to make him look taller. Okay. Um, and one thing that was discovered later is that part of his the reason I mentioned that he had a manservant is that part of his manservant's job was every morning to lay out six thin towels along with his clothes that uh, Dr. Barry had learned to strategically place in certain places around oh. his body to make his shoulders look broader, to give him, you know, more of a, like a masculine shoulder and uh, to cover his breasts and to reduce his, the curvature at his hips and to give him more of a, of a masculine shape Man, every day. And he every lived day. in some areas of the world where that would be much less unpleasant. Exactly. Every day he did this every single day. Uh, the British army decided, look, we don't we don't know quite what to do with this and this is before a time where anybody was ready to deal with with any of this information so they basically just sealed up all of his records for a hundred years perfect and said nobody can know anything about this for the next hundred years <laughs> we're, all, we're not going to talk about it we'll all be dead agreed 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 okay great done <laughs> i love that i love that british stiff upper lip like let's just not let's not talk let's steal the records let's not talk about years. it why not and it was it was like 140 actually it was like 2008 when a lot of this, a lot of the letters that actually solved this mystery, because this rumor went around for a long, I mean, you got to understand for years and years, this story I just told you was, was as much folklore as it was true. Nobody knew if that was true. Well, we now know that everything I've just told you is true, for sure. The facts are true. Mm -hmm. Margaret Balkley was James Barry. James Barry was Margaret Balkley. We know that these two people were the same. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, again, we didn't know this until around 2008 when we found some letters from James Barry and others. Uh, there is a town named after him in South Africa, Barrydale. I like that, Barrydale. Yeah. Um, and he's been, like I said, the subject of books and plays and biographies and debate. And uh, even Dickens wrote about Barry, so fascinated by, by this figure in medicine. And, and that's the thing, like Justin mentioned, I, I hesitated at first because I thought, I don't know, I don't know if Dr. Barry were here and I were to ask, please help me, you know, understand your story. You know, were you, were you a transgender man and this is, this is the story of your life? Or were you a woman who presented as a man simply so that you could pursue this career that you, because he mm -hmm. cause she wrote as a little girl, uh, if I were not a girl, I would be a soldier. So was that your story? I don't know. I don't think it matters, though. And the reason I think this is worthy of a Sawbones episode is that obviously it does matter, but it doesn't matter in the sense of should we address this person and talk about their history and celebrate them as an amazing, clever, cool, funny, 
somewhat hot-tempered figure in medical history. Uh, just because, you know, we're not sure of all the facts doesn't mean we shouldn't celebrate their life. So, but I didn't want to discourage that. Because um, Dr. Barry still saved the life of what, a future prime minister of South Africa. So, Amazing. Yeah. Um, you too can be an awesome person. Maybe not automatically as awesome as James Barry, but uh, pretty good if you donate to the Maximum Fund Drive. <laughs> uh, MaximumFund.org forward slash donate is the, the place to do that. Wanted to alert you to a couple of other things that are um, uh, uh, going on. The 28th is Max Fun Day. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of community gatherings going on all around. If you go to MaximumFun.org forward slash meetups 2017 7 p.m local time tuesday march 28th um they're gonna have meetups uh i'm looking at the list now and it, the it's pretty much all over there is a um roughly a kajillion of them you can go and you can celebrate max fun have a meetup and also celebrate my birthday a day late yeah perfect. So why don't you do that too uh, do both of those, um, and and also the the main thing is the uh, the 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 donation and and helping to keep this network going. Um, we've expanded shows in 2017 again, um, and added shows. Still buffering was was last year, but still was was added um, uh, recently. Yeah, um, the reason we're able to keep making more shows, new shows, and hopefully better quality of our old our old shows is uh, because of your donations. So uh, then you listening and supporting, and even if, even if you're not in a position to donate right now, um, we still love you. First of all, we still are thrilled that you listen to our show. Tweet about the drive, uh, share it with your friends, you know, get it out there. That really helps us out too, um, just to get the word out that, that we love doing this for you and every, every dollar you can give helps us to keep doing it and hopefully do it better. Um, we mentioned the the five dollar level. There's uh the ten dollar gets you the pins. The five dollar is all the great content. Um, a lot this year. Ours is a uh we just get way down in the goop. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle website goop. If you want to hear that? Uh, then then donate five bucks a month and you can hear that. Um, ten dollars a month you get a pin and the content. Thirty five dollars a month. There's that the great keep in touch kit. And the pin and the content, and it just goes on from there. Mm-hmm. Thirty-five bucks, you get the cool mugs and the keep in touch kit and the pin and the bonus content. But mainly, you get the feeling of being a, a member of this of this network. Yeah, and every time you listen to our shows, you get to know you were a part of this. Um, we love doing the show, but honestly, um, we we have a a kid, um, and one <laughs> of the reasons that uh we are able to keep doing this as regularly as we do it. Um, is because it is part of how we feed said child yeah. and, and and keep her clothed and what have you. So we really appreciate that. <laughs> you are you are keeping her in princess costumes and mac and cheese. So thank right. you. So thank you. Um anyway, maximumfund.org forward slash donate. Uh please go there right now and give what you can. If you can't give, I get it. I don't you keep listening. We love you still, no matter what. Yeah. So um that's gonna do it for us. This week, MaximumFun.org for slash donate. Go do it. Um, oh, there's a big MaxFun extravaganza. Also, March 31st is going to close with the drive. It kicks off at 7 p.m. PT, 10 p.m. ET, MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org for more information about that. Also, thank you to the taxpayers for our theme song, mm. Medicines. Thank you, Sydney. Ah, I got Crushed it this it. time. 
All right, that's going to do it for us, folks. Until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.